ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast where I have the pleasure of speaking to creative individuals about life, art, and all things wonderful. Take it as you will. This is Christian Lugo, your host, and um, for this episode, I brought on someone who I've always considered a confidant, a brother, a partner in crime, a trusty companion, but to put it simply, this is a gentleman who I've known since college. He's one of my best friends. We were classmates. We were roommates. We were cool mates. See what I did there? <clears throat> that was dumb. Michael Annapolis is on the show today, coming to you all the way from Brooklyn, New York. And like I mentioned before, guys, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and a review. That really helps me out. Also, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me for any reason, please do. Do submit questions, concerns, topics. My email is attached to the episode notes, so feel free to drop a letter. Anyways, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Here is episode 27 of Conversations from a Room. All right, Michael, welcome to the show. Conversations from a Room, hosted by yours truly. Is it a given who yours truly is at this point? Uh, I would hope so. I, 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 it's not, not that I assume, but I'm, I'm, I'm implying it. I'm putting out into the universe. I hope that people log on or not log on, but tune into this show because they want to listen to me and my stories and what my guests have to say. Oh, they're going to be disappointed in this one. <laughs> also, you can't put your coffee in front of the screen because it's product placement. I thought there was going to be no video on this. No, this is live stream. There's, I have millions of viewers right now. Well, it was only in for less than three seconds, so I think you're good. Also, all you saw was done. So yeah, this is uh, done donuts. Now they're gonna know it's Dunkin' Donuts. I do think about that bagel place in Fort Greene where Marion got us bagel sandwiches. That place was so good. That's what I miss about New York. That's what LA lacks in like a good bagel place. There's not a lot of bagel places here in LA or and bodegas. I I miss bodegas. Which uh, bagel place are you talking about? Because there are several in this neighborhood. I remember she brought back bagel sandwiches, like in like breakfast sandwiches that was from bagel world then oh, okay yeah bagel perfect name <laughs> bagel world. it's pretty cool because uh the inside of the place is set up uh as if it was like you know how epcot is you can like a tour of the world mm -hmm. um the inside of this bagel shop is like a tour of the world of bagels is it really nah <laughs> so cool so are you still you're still on the gluten-free diet correct not by choice, but by for health reasons. Yeah, it's not. It's it's even more than that. It's um, it's called the FODMAP diet. FODMAP. What does that mean? So it's it's an acronym. Uh, so you know it's good. It's it's various kinds of sugars. The sugars in gluten, but it's like fructans, oligosaccharides, disaccharides. The, the best part about this, I'm not. At the end of it, it's FODMAP. It's not bottom. Let me, I'm almost oh, to the end. Fine. You want to make this this type of podcast? Go ahead. I don't remember the last two. <laughs> that, well, that's the thing. I was going to say, you could just make this up and I'll believe you. This is what doctors do. They just they just convince you that they're right because they know that they hold a, an intelligence over you. You have such a, a skeptical view of medicine. No, I'm not skeptic. I'm just naive. That's the opposite. You know, my parents call me naive. They they have told me that I am the worst person to judge people because I'm very vulnerable. And I don't. And I told them it's not because I'm naive. It's because you guys are the skeptics and you don't trust anyone. You think the world is out to get you. Are your parents like that? Um, I think my parents think I possess far more wisdom than I actually do. Yes, I think they think I'm very savvy at navigating the world around me, but they have 
no idea uh, how little I know on on a day to day basis. That's oh, funny. I think it's the opposite with me. I think my parents think I'm like I'm, they're they're surprised I'm not dead face down in a puddle somewhere. I live by myself. I can I can feed myself. I have a, a living organism with me, and it's it's still breathing. Do you remember in high school? I never had this experience, but in high school where they would give us a sometimes it was an egg or a bag of flour, and you would have to take care of that if it was a child. I never did it, but. I saw other people walking around with it. Yeah, I saw people walking around with it. We see it in movies, we see it in, in shows, but I always thought a bag of flour was a terrible representation of what it is to raise a baby. Yeah. Because even if you drop a bag of flour, it's not, I mean, <laughs> nothing's Well, gonna... a bunch of white dust comes out of it, just like a baby. <laughs> oh, is that why? Is that because, mm-hmm. is, that, is that the only similarity that babies have with bags of flour? There were a number of instances of... Uh, kids like leaving their bag of flower baby in a classroom and then like their math teacher would find it and they'd get in trouble with the teacher of the baby flower class like how do you explain that on a college transcript or something like oh I got a d in this class because I left this bag of flower between classes Never mind that I did all my homework and everything, but I forgot this bag of flour this one time. I thought you were going to say there was there was cases of kids leaving their bags of flour in their car. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, so that's where it started. Oh, that's terrible. it was. Uh, yeah, super dehydrated and they have to rush it to the flower hospital. And... <laughs> God, this, this went south really quick. We talk about literally anything else. OK, I'll compromise. Let's do three more minutes on the babies in the car cars. And then we can switch to something else. Let's switch the subject. We can transition to five minutes uh, of babies left in other inhospitable environments. (laughs) We could move into the to the main topics in this podcast. You know, I like to direct us to the arts. Majority of the time, I love to talk about film because, you know, to me, film is just my existence. I love film. I only know how to relate to film and talk about film. Um, So, well, I like it. Next question. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Am I pro or anti? Definitely pro. That's all I need. Okay, so I always ask the guests, give me one of your favorite films, give me a guilty pleasure movie, and give me one of the worst films you've ever seen. It doesn't have to be in that order, however you want to go first. That's good. I don't remember the order already. (laughs) Okay, give me one of your favorite films. One of my favorite? I'll always stop and put on Pretty Woman if I see it's on TV. (laughs) Why Pretty Woman? I just like it when she gets to shop. I just like Julia Roberts. I love Julia Roberts. I also really like Richard Gere. Okay. You know, what's the funny thing is I don't I don't really see a lot of movies with Richard Gere, and I don't He's really... He's the weasel. Can you believe that's his reputation? Isn't that weird? I, I heard it's not a true story. I heard... I think um, what I heard, Sylvester Stallone spread that rumor about him because they were working on a film together, and they were like in this basically fighting against each other so sylvester stallone as a prank or as to get back at him spread that rumor about him and then now it's just ruined his reputation wait what rumor that he looks like a weasel that's what you think the weasel rumor is associated with i i'm not aware of any rumor regarding richard gear i'm saying independently of whatever sylvester stallone has said that Richard Gere looks like a weasel. He does not look like a weasel at all. His The way his nose and the rest of his features come to the point, like, just under the middle of his face. What? Very weaselly. I don't think so at Pull all. Pull up a picture of Richard Gere. I'm looking at him right now. He looks, he's he's like a... In, ho- what, in what movie? Pretty Women. Well, it's only one. But here's the thing, though. Like, Richard Gere was like a Hollywood frontman. What do you mean he looked like a... There was no way he would have been hired on anything if he looked like a weasel. I don't think you necessarily have to be attractive to work in film. I think you just have to be interesting looking. It's like being an American apparel model. The weasel story 
I know about him is that he had to go to the ER one time because he was having he was uh, having intercourse with someone and he had a weasel stuck up his ass because that's apparently something that people do for pleasure. Yeah, and then he had to go to the ER to get a weasel pretty much out of his ass. I've never heard that story, and I wish I hadn't. I will, I wish, a lot of people wish they hadn't. Um, but I want to get back to the reason why you said you love the movie Pretty Women. It's because she, you love the montage where she goes shopping. Well, it's not so much the montage that I like. It's that she goes to this store, and she like wants to shop, and she's like in prostitute clothes. And they're just like, it's called a sex worker. She's dressed as a sex worker would dress. She uh, is not allowed to shop because they assume she doesn't have any money because she's a sex worker, which frankly, to me, has never made sense because, I mean, who cares? The money's still green. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) That's the most uh, 80s thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I believe there was a movie in the 80s called The Color of Money, uh, which, of course, is green. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then she goes back to the hotel and she's like all crying or whatever. And the hotel manager is like super nice. And he's like, all right, let's go shopping. And, uh, she goes into the store after having bought some clothes with like these shopping bags. And she's like, you know how you didn't let me shop here? Big mistake. And then she walks out and I was just like, whoa, that was good. You like, so you like the transition of, uh, the trajectory of Julia Roberts in Pretty Women. You like how she goes from rags to riches. I also really like, uh, Jason Alexander's character in that movie. He's in that movie. You know, I, uh, here's a dirty secret. I've never actually seen Pretty Women. I, I know the movie and I know the scenes. I know the, you know, the references and whatnot, but I've actually never seen the film. It's kind of like, um, My Fair Lady uh set in the 80s oh let me mention this really quick pretty woman was actually not from the 80s it was it came out in 1990 oh the year i was born so no wonder you like it so much yeah and i also really like sweet home alabama yeah reese witherspoon you seem to like you really enjoy romantic comedies from the 90s uh i do that's so funny i i I never thought of that about you i always thought you loved sports movies for some reason i mean obviously because you love sports but i always thought like your favorite movie was going to be like rocky oh i love rocky i've seen them all so many times which is your favorite of the rocky movies no of the sweet home alabama movies (laughs) (laughs) the first one (laughs) (laughs) the Um, one that's in alabama okay well well, here let's let before we sidetrack sweet home alabama released in 2002 uh reese witherspoon john lucas patrick dempsey good cast good cast what about that movie that you like so much let me guess the song they do play the song which I've always found it was a little obvious. <laughs> but imagine if they didn't, though. People would be like, why didn't they play this song in the movie? It's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You get a little bit of everything with that one. That's what I like. It's like a smorgasbord. As far as favorite movies go, I mean, there's so many, but Robin Hood Men in Tights is a movie I've enjoyed since I was a child. I love that movie, yes. That's a really good that's one. Another, and that's another 90s film. Yeah. That's, uh, what's his name, that that English actor. I think he's... Carrie Elwes. He never did anything else. No, he was he's in a lot of stuff. He was in Liar Liar. He played like the goofy dad in Liar Liar or the stepdad in Liar Liar. He was really good in that. He was actually, he played a, a good role in the new season of Stranger Things. He was actually, people forget Carrie Elwes was the the first guy in the Saw movie. Remember in the Saw movie, the first person who who like saws off their leg? Yeah. That's Carrie Elwes. Oh, the first Saw movie was so good. Yeah, he's the one who uh, who started it. <laughs> Saw 2 was also good. After that, they kind of went downhill. I remember in college, though, your favorite film. Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Uh, 
I will still watch it anytime it's on, but I don't smoke nearly as much weed as I did when I was in college. <laughs> well, is that why it was your favorite? Because of the theme of it was just pot? Well, it, it is a it is a very funny movie. And it's right before Danny mm-hmm. McBride was going to be really, really famous. And he yeah. was like at the top of his game in that movie. And so are James Franco and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen started to wear on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it was an overexposure thing that you kind of just expect in general with people who get really famous. Uh, they call it Dane Cook syndrome. Jesus and Christ. James Franco, you know, it it got too hard to root for him um, because of the things that came out about who James Franco is. But uh, we watched that movie like a lot. I think the story itself is very, it's a polished story. I think it, it has a great full circle. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I remember just thinking it's a funny movie. It's a standalone funny movie. Everyone in the in the film is great. I, and I love Craig Robinson is great. <laughs> I seen it. I seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah he you know, and like there's, there's a lot of genuinely great jokes in the film. It's like a good buddy cop movie that has that sort of theme to it. So, okay, now what do you think is one of the worst films that you've ever seen? You couldn't even get through it. Like, not bad in a way that you enjoy watching it with your friends and it's like, oh, this is so bad. Yeah. Do you remember the Hercules movie with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Michael, we went to go see that on my birthday. (laughs) 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 Now I feel bad because that was I made us all go there for like my 22nd birthday or some shit. Yeah. Uh, I had a good time, but that was one of the laziest, most poorly made movies I've ever seen. It really seen. was, man. It, I, you know, I seeing the trailers for it, like you know, you can tell a movie's going to be bad. It, it's kind of just corporate money being put together to make a film that everyone's going to see because it's a, a, a story, a timeless story that everyone knows. And it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So it's like people are going to go see it regardless. But I remember us enjoying some parts of it. Like it was there were parts that was so bad it was funny. It was a good time. I mean, the Hercules with Dwayne The Rock Johnson seemed like a computer program wrote it. (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't remember a lot about the movie either, except coming out of the theater and being like, holy crap, that was bad. Um, But there's a. There's a scene where, like, part of Hercules' um, group of uh, heroes. Squad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, There's, like, a, um, a parting of ways with one of them. They have a difference of opinion over something uh, right before uh, a very important battle towards the end of the movie. This is the climactic battle. And they have this, like, falling out, and Hercules marches to this fight with his friends and uh they start losing and it seems like all is lost and then this person they had the falling out with comes back in a triumphant return and uh friendship conquers all and it's just kind of like oh god who made this this is it did seem like it was written by computers like they probe <laughs> like, like an algorithm put, yeah like they <laughs> they uh input the data from like a bunch of action movies into it and mm-hmm. a computer just synthesized all the movies. And then they were like, oh, there's a relationship breakdown. And then a uh, friendship uh, triumphs all. And then it was it was terrible. Well, it's like that ye old Hollywood formula, you know, that they just kind of repeat. It's the it's the people in the suits. It's the people that control Hollywood. It's the it's the producers who need to invest more money into original scripts, original material. They have to kind of make these risks. I disagree that it's the people in the suits. I think it's the people in the seats. If you're if you're saying that just for the sake of 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 rhyme and rhythm, then fuck you. 
<laughs> uh, I thought of that immediately after you said people in the suits, and then I was like, oh, I got one. Uh, let me let me justify it in this way. I think it's the people in the seats, not the people in the, in the suits. <laughs> well, sometimes the people in the suits uh, get that way by being the people in the sheets. <laughs> so it's kind of like the thing where you uh, you vote with your feet, you vote with your wallet. If you just stop, and this is uh, would never happen because it takes too much collective action. But if you were, if people just stop going and watching Hercules with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, they'll stop making those movies. But they won't because it's like that's a Friday night out. That's a first date for a uh, fifteen. So you're months. you're comparing it to a supply and demand ratio. Well, you know, as long as people keep watching them, they're going to keep making them. That's Why true. wouldn't they? It's movies like that float the movies that maybe have more merit. I don't want to say artistic merit because I don't know artist shit. Jesus Christ, Michael! <laughs> this podcast is about art. I I mean, I'm a fan, but most of it's bullshit. Well, man, you really are a dark hole, aren't you? I I don't think so. I think I'm one of the happiest people I know. <laughs> you you know, you can't vote yourself into that factor. I surround myself with really miserable people. <laughs> I see. What, all right. So by default. Great. Yeah. Um. OK, I forgot. I want to take a quick break for a commercial ad. Is that OK with you? If I say no, is it not going to happen? Uh, absolutely not. You don't have a choice. Then let's do it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is a new product where they created a mattress called U-Topper. And you don't sleep on top of the mattress. You sleep under the mattress. What it does is that it helps with circulation in the bloodstream and it rejuvenates the cells. What happens is the pressure, it levels out the blood flow and it kind of, you know how like when when there's too much pressure on, on a, one of your body parts and it falls asleep? That's basically what it happens. Anyways, Michael, you tried this product out. What do you think of it? It's great. I wake up easier in the morning. The fear of suffocation gets me, I can't even say out of bed, out from under bed. <laughs> I've never felt so well circulated. Mm -hmm. It's like a cup of coffee in the morning, except instead of a cup of coffee, it's a mattress on top of you. <laughs> yeah, that's actually their slogan. Mm -hmm. You You do fall asleep quickly because you're the flow of oxygen to your brain is greatly restricted. Um, the mattresses are very, very heavy. <laughs> so let me ask you, you're a happily married man. Yeah. You know, you and your wife sleep in the same bed mm -hmm. under the same under the same mattress. Yeah. And so how does this affect the relationship in bed with you two? Uh, well, she she refuses to be under it. <laughs> so so the mattress acts as a as a sandwich for you two yes yes it's it's as if we're the bread uh and the mattress is the meat <clears throat> well that's great and uh our listeners get 10 percent off with the code conversations from a room and there's nothing better than waking up under a mattress and it's also good for uh this way it saves money because you don't have to buy sheets you're already covered by a nice soft mattress i i think it's important to mention that that uh, coupon code will guarantee them a free oxygen tank, which you will desperately need when you get out from under the mattress in the morning. <laughs> I forget. I forget to mention you cannot breathe when the mattress is on top of you. Not that you can't breathe. It's just that it's really, really hard. <laughs> yes. But guys, you will have the best night sleep. And I guarantee that. Thank you, Michael, for helping me with this. Hey, anytime. If you can't get a hold of me tomorrow morning, please call 911. <laughs>
All right, well, let's get into the next topic. I know you don't, you say that your weakest topic is probably music, but how about this? I like to ask people, when you're driving, if you ever put on music, what do you want to listen to? Top 40. Do you really? <laughs> no. Yeah. You just turn on the radio and whatever's playing? Pretty much. Uh, do you know the the period of time when Jesus Take the Wheel was like top of the charts? No, what song is that? That that's uh, I think it's Carrie Underwood. I, I don't know. Top forty. I'm not too particular with music. Whatever's like popular is fine. Generally, I'm listening to um, books on tape or a baseball podcast. I'm really into. Well, then let's get into books. What uh, what books do you recommend for our listeners? Most things about the Holocaust are good. Okay. All right. Which which what's one of them? Uh, I don't mean to laugh, but I think I just think I just think opening it with most things about the Holocaust are good, but but uh, which you know but, those books are very you know there are they are good reads. So which one do you recommend? The novelization of Schindler's List. Okay, well that is I mean that is the Holocaust. Was Schindler's List based on a book? It was based on the Holocaust, which is based on a book. So is the Holocaust based on a book? <laughs> based on a book. <laughs> Actually, yes, the Holocaust is based on a book. It was called Mein Kampf. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, which I read and got a lot of looks on the subway. <laughs> That's the book you chose to read on the subway. Well, I was reading it to and from uh, work, like train rides into the city. Uh, mm -hmm. I was working for a Chinese cult at the time. Uh, <laughs> what was it called? Uh, it was called... Uh, the name of the paper was the Epic Times, um, but it's like a Chinese propaganda machine that uh, is hiding in plain sight here in the U.S. And I had no mm -hmm. idea when I took the job. And then I started working there and things got real creepy after a while. And I stopped working there. because what, what was your job there? I was a writer. For what? Uh, I wrote feel good stories. Really? For how long? Like a year. Do you remember one of the stories you wrote? Uh, there was one about, um, this turtle that got run over by a car. Okay. Let me stop you. You said these were feel good stories. Yeah, it'll get there. It'll get there. <laughs> okay. Like I would hear, I would get a, a, a lead and then I would like talk to the, like get in contact with the people and take their sure. story or whatever. So this turtle got run over by this car, got really fucked up. Its shell is like all cracked or whatever. And, uh, this guy had just purchased a 3d printer. And he took the turtle home and he got it like medical care. And then he 3D printed a new shell for it. And the, it's like his pet turtle now. But, and it, it's like alive because he 3D printed a new shell for the turtle. Well, that's a good advertisement for 3D printers. Because a lot of times people just print out like a dildo. We have this client who we walk their dog. And they have like a display case of dildos in their room. <laughs> and... Well, you, they're proud of it, man. Come on. There there are so many dildos <laughs> in their apartment. And it's like, you know, whatever. Fine. Masturbation's healthy. That's great. Um, well, no, but it's because his to, name like, is Frank Dildo. It's a, <laughs> He's the inventor of dildos. It's uh well, it's a woman. and <laughs> Francesca Dildo. <laughs> yeah, of the Dildo dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but wait, let me just in, in case I, I leave this story. Uh, you own a dog, uh, a dog daycare. So this is part of the business, correct? I own a dog daycare. Yeah, a dog daycare and dog walking service. Yes. Well, a little plug. I mean, I don't give a shit if people start using the daycare. <laughs> as a result of this. Michael, you're the worst <laughs> businessman. Uh, 
I mean, the business is doing well. All right, good, good, good. Um, yeah, but the, we have this. I don't know how long, much longer you're going to talk about all these dildos, but we have this one client That's who's right. uh, another three minutes. Who's uh, <laughs> I don't have that much material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and it's like they have a display case above their bed of them, and then it's like I couldn't find. I was like picking the dog up to bring it to the daycare, drop it off to the daycare. I couldn't find the dog's leash, so I'm like you know, trying not to invade this person's privacy, but also like do this thing. So I like open one of the drawers and the leash is in there, but there's like six more dildos in this drawer. And I'm like, my God, how many? It's it's to the point where you like wonder, oh, are they just a collector? Well, that's what I'm gonna say. I mean, some people view sex as part of their life. I mean, maybe they work in that field. Maybe they're, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, dominatrix? They're a domin- they could be a dominatrix, and that's just what they do. They like, you know, some people collect baseballs, they collect dildos. Well, there's no other sex items. It's just that one. It's it's just like a lot of dildos. that kind. There's no like whips or chains or anything that I saw. Let me ask you something though. Were they all that we're gonna this is the main topic of the episode? <laughs> well, great. Were they all different sizes? Sizes, shapes, colors. Mat- uh, honestly, like materials, like all like I, I the real, <laughs> like I didn't enjoy being around. Did them. you have a verbal? Did you have a verbal reaction when you saw them? Do you remember saying something out loud? I I do believe I said, "Oh dear." <laughs> of course. Um, how many did you take? As many as I could fit, uh, in my pockets. <laughs> I like that you said pockets because now we know it's more than one. Yeah. Well, I was wearing cargo shorts from Old Navy. <laughs> The ones with, like, 12 pockets. Uh, The kind that you can, like, Uh, unzip the pant leg and they become shorts. (laughs) Oh, Koki. That's cool. Even better. Um, So, I'm sorry. Just to revert back so I have it. Recommend a different book. Golf War. Golf War? That sounds good, too. But I said Golf War. Ball Four. Okay. It's about baseball in the 60s uh, and early 70s uh it's about this baseball team the seattle pirates that existed for one year um it was before seattle had the seattle mariners but basically it was like a really really dysfunctional misfit group of baseball players in the major leagues and this guy jim bouton chronicled the whole thing uh and it is hilarious it's a hilarious read and it's also um perhaps the most clear view into american sports in that time frame as like an ultra macho boys club uh and it's like a it's a basically a tell-all and the guy who wrote it got blackballed from baseball for like years and years and years after he published it but it's like the number one selling baseball book of all time i've read it like six times Really? That sounds great. Well, that's a great recommendation. Regardless of whether someone likes baseball or sports, they they will find it very entertaining because it's it's like more of like a, about people's personalities and the way they handle different situations. Uh, baseball is just a backdrop in which this human drama plays out. Do you want me to send you my copy? Yeah, that'd be great. Please do. I would love that. Nah, I, I can't. Just send me one of the dildos. <laughs> <laughs> how many <laughs> as many as i can fit into my cargo shorts but there is something about sports that really feeds this um this 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 part of us that we enjoy and and it, and it feeds the soul you know what i mean well baseball was my first love and i okay so what got me into the possibility of lawyering was actually a baseball book 
It was called Lords of Lords of the Realm, and it's about labor relations in Major League Baseball throughout history, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting subject if you're already interested in baseball, but painfully boring if you're not, I have to imagine. I was reading it, and it was like this kind of intersection of a bunch of interests for me. And then they talk about uh, this process called arbitration, where basically a player's contract is up. Um, but the team still has control of that player's future for like three more years. And so then they go before an independent arbiter, basically like a judge, not in a courtroom. And they present their cases as to why they think this player should be paid, what he should be paid. And then the player presents his like, this is why I think I should be paid this. And then the independent arbiter decides what the player is going to be paid. And uh, it seemed very fascinating to me to be either a player representative or representative for a team or the guy who decides what they get paid. And uh, those people are usually lawyers. That's what kind of set me down that path. And then I kind of ran with it from there. It's, It's good that you use something that you were always very passionate about to kind of segue into this next venture into your life, you know, because I think what you're aiming for is having a little bit more control in your life, you know, whether like you said, oh, I failed because I didn't become a professional baseball player. I don't think I I didn't say that. No, you did earlier. You're like, oh, I I failed. I absolutely did not say I failed because I you said you said I I wanted as a kid, I wanted to become a I wanted to play for the Florida Marlins. And and then because you didn't, you said you failed. Well, I failed in accomplishing that thing, but I don't consider that a failure like i don't consider every girlfriend i didn't marry a failed relationship (laughs) you learn things you uh find something good in the pursuit Mm -hmm. and then you uh you you take that that bit and you move forward and uh you know it's look life is long you're born a bunch of stuff happens most of it's bad some of it's okay and then you die and then that's a life (laughs) Oh, man, this has been a a brand new episode with my therapist, Michael Napolis, on Conversations from a Room. Thank you so much. Anyways, uh, okay, so that's that's basically the theme. I want to ask you my kind of these are like the the standard questions, a a couple speed rounds, a couple one answers, whatever, whatever you want. But the question is, what is your unrealistic dream job? Dinosaur. (laughs) Okay, perfect. We just move on from that. (laughs) What dinosaur, though? Velociraptor. Oh, you know what? Me too. I would love to be Velociraptor. That'd be great. Yeah. That's like that scene in uh, Step Brothers. He's like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a dinosaur so bad. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't even make sense. You're human. <laughs> but I lost it. I, lo- I can't it's do like, it anymore. You never could, though. I don't. It doesn't make any sense, Dad. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Richard. Uh, what's his name? Richard Jenkins. That guy's great. I he's love so him. good. Every time he's in a movie, I, I know I'm going to enjoy it. He, he's such a great he actor. He is really good. Okay, so Michael Napolis, what would be the worst way to die? In your sleep. <laughs> that's the that's the best way to die. Yeah, that's not a story for anyone who's still alive. You, you you don't go down in history if you die in your sleep. It's going to happen. You know it's waiting there for you. You might as well go out and it's spectacular. Okay. All right. So you're saying like you want to die uh, uh, via firework extravaganza, <laughs> like in a firework accident or, or a jet ski accident? Uh, in space, I think would be cool. I've gotten that one before, though, actually. someone. Okay, like... then I changed my answer. <laughs> okay, fine. You have to be different. <laughs> what about what about out in sea? Like lost at sea? I'd rather it be in the depths of the sea. Like like in the water? Like drowning in the yeah. water? Oh, you know that's how terrible. James Cameron 
went to the like bottom of the ocean, like to the depths of the Mariana Trench, like thirty two thousand miles beneath the surface of the ocean, it's like the deepest point for the, the the film The Abyss. I don't know why he did it. I think it's because he's rich. Oh, I see. Go ahead. I think it would be cool if like you did that, and then the pod you were in sprung a leak, and the pressure just built, and like just you were blown into a million pieces from the pressure in the bottom of the ocean. God, Michael, that is terrible. That's I mean, it's, cool. a, it's instant, so it's not going to be painful. Instant? No. Well, as soon as the pressure reaches a point, your head's going to explode. Okay, yeah. that's. I mean, the question was worse way to die. This is this is your dream way of dying. I think you got dream job and, and, and dying mixed together. What's it? Why split hairs? <laughs> okay, fine. So what do you think you were in your past life? Hot Tub Time Machine was a good movie. <laughs> you were the concept of Hot Tub Time Machine. I uh, I think maybe I was like a carpenter or yeah, that that's that's perfectly fine. A car a carpenter is a great answer. Yeah, someone who works with their hands, a, a modest job, but something that that was a good job. You know, it's like everyone needs a carpenter. It's like a blacksmith. You know what I mean? Like the, the, that was a very essential job in any in any time period. Okay, so what is your dream? Your ultimate breakfast. Mm, what time am i waking up uh let's say you slept in that day so you woke up like around 11 oh my god what time do you usually wake up five. Oh my god michael it doesn't matter what time you wake up but you wake up and you don't have work or at least maybe you don't have something for a few hours so you have time to make yourself your dream breakfast this is so not what my life is like i wake up and <laughs> that's I, why and i don't have work i don't have anything <laughs> for a few i wake up at five and i'm behind schedule michael why does everything have to be an existential crisis man <laughs> i asked you if you want if you like fucking pancakes over friends toast man <laughs> what is what is your ex what is your dream your your ultimate if you will if you were in a dream and someone gave you your, your last meal breakfast what would it be i do quite like french toast Okay, so we'll just leave it at French toast. All right, that's great. Okay, so this is this is the quick speed round um, one answer question. You could answer them in one answer, or it could be uh, as long as you want. This is called the this or that. Ready? <clears throat> Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Dean Martin. Coen Brothers or Tarantino? Uh, what era? Um, Body of work? 2000s. 2000s, Tarantino. Okay. Uh, Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? Owen. Disney World or Universal Studios? The theme park or the production houses? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I usually, it's usually for the theme park, but let's do production. Disney. Okay, that's that's actually pretty neat. I never tried that. What do you have against Luke Wilson? Um, I just really like the movie You, Me, and Dupree. <laughs> that is a good movie. Uh, the Office or Parks and Rec? The Office. Friends or How I Met Your Mother? Uh, both have problems. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother, I've, eh, it's lame, frankly. There's not much good about it. Friends, it has uh, issues. How about this? Friends, How I Met Your Mother, or Big Bang Theory? Does that make it easier for you? Okay, friends, whatever. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Whiskey or beer? There's no water, huh? <laughs> Fine. Yeah. You can have your water. Um, <laughs> super salad. Uh, I mean, just a regular salad is fine. <laughs> Not like a really big salad. It's a soup or a salad. Uh, soup. Marvel or DC? By DC, you mean DC Comics or direct current electricity? Because if it were the electricity, I would definitely have gone with that one. 
Uh, I guess Marvel, because DC typically makes like pretty bad movies, and I'm not that into comics. All right, well, that's fine. Go with your gut. Indica or Sativa? Indica and the couch. There you go. That's a good one. Old school or new school? Who's in new school? <laughs> uh, uh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> so I guess. So I guess new school. <laughs> That's great. Uh, sweet or savory? What time of day is it? Uh, it's the morning. I'd say savory then. Early riser or night owl? Early riser. Tacos or burritos? Probably a burrito because it's easier to eat. That's very true. Star Wars or Harry Potter? So I read the first three Harry Potter books when I was a kid. And then the church my parents were going to told them to stop letting your kids read Harry Potter because it's demonic. Um, And so I had to like abruptly stop. And then I kind of lost interest in the series. So I guess Star Wars. Just by default? Or do you actually like Star Wars? Well, I've seen all the movies. That sucks. That happened to a lot of kids I knew growing up, that a lot of their parents would tell them that they don't want them either reading the films, I'm sorry, reading the the books or watching the films because it was like witchcraft, which I thought was ridiculous. Well, yeah, that's what happened to me. I was like really into reading at that time. Yeah, that sucks, man. Okay, um, Sleepless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally? Oh, When Harry Met Sally. Absolutely. Sci-fi or Spaghetti Western? I'm much more of a lasagna comedy guy. (laughs) That's a good answer. Uh, okay, shortcut or scenic route? Scenic route. What's the rush? Okay, camping or glamping? Oh, camping, definitely. Superhero or supervillain or the person working at the coffee shop while the building comes down? Does the person survive? Yes. That one, because you have a really easy segue into uh, rights for wage workers. <laughs> I love how all these decisions are very pro-adult. They're very much like, okay, but how does Michael benefit from any of this? You know what I mean? Well, you can, you can. The thing is that you can have superpowers. You don't even have to worry about work or or finances. You're a superhero, but still, you're like, well, hold on. Does a superhero have good credit? Can he even buy anything? Is he wanted? Does he have to pay taxes just because he's a superhero? In most superhero stories, they are not beloved by society. That is very true, actually, yes. I mean, ye old Batman story, they all thought he was a villain. Ah, <sighs> okay. Good answer. Do you want to go ahead and promote yourself for any reason? Do you want to tell people about who you are, where they can find you, or your business, or anything like that? Nope. Okay, sounds good. And last question of the show, Michael. What is your favorite noise? Oh, man. There's so many. <laughs> I've never had that before. <laughs> <laughs> there was... At my first job, which was a job my sister got me at the accounting office she was working at, they mm-hmm. had a private bathroom there. The urinal in that bathroom, mm-hmm. when you would flush it, it sounded simultaneously like a cowboy yee-hawing. <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself... As a stone 16-year-old going in there very often and just flushing the urinal to hear the cowboy yeehaw. The funny thing is, that was the last thing that I thought you would say that the noise related to. It was really, really good. (laughs) That is so funny, man. That's awesome. That's a great one. I like that. All right, man. That's it. I won't take up any more of your time. That is the show. That is Conversations from a Room. Thank you for for sharing some of these things with me and uh, and taking this little deep dive. So I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs>
All right, so this is how I like to sign off. I begin a sentence and I have my guest finish it for me. Okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you guys can't see this at home, but Michael is making his noose as we speak. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into a new episode of Conversations from a Room with my good friend, Michael Napolis. Everyone, have a nice night and... Tuberculosis. <laughs>